This is Keyshawn Rains, the host of Working Title with Keyshawn Rains, where amazing things happen. A series of past the collection plate style conversations with a Creole, queer, femme, yogi, mom, coach, author, and of course, podcast host with a nomadic soul, a quirky sense of humor, and an activator of empowerment. These conversations are just a chance for me to speak on ways to be mindful in a mindless world. Stories are shared, folks are empowered, inspired, and impacted to be more phenomenal versions of themselves through simple conversations about complex like love, life, and the pursuit of being real. Thanks for listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title. This is Keyshawn Rains, and I am super excited to bring you today's conversation. Today, the conversation is all about working on wealth. And anybody who knows me knows I am a big fan of coins, currency, Skrilla scratch, cheese, racks, stacks, whatever you want to call it. I like money a lot. I like it a lot and it likes me as well in return. So today's conversation is with someone that I found again in Clubhouse. This will be the third episode so far that features a guest that I connected with on Clubhouse. And I know people were kind of uncertain about Clubhouse and if it was going to be like here today, gone tomorrow, but Clubhouse apparently is here to stay. And whilst there are some rooms that are about that bullshit, there are a lot of rooms that are really about that, whatever it is that they're talking about, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's wellness, fitness, health, relationships, spirituality, and everything in between. So I happened to be in a Clubhouse room and I heard this woman speak and that I followed her on Instagram and then I started you know, searching around all of her Instagramage. And I reached out to her and asked if she would be a guest. And she said, yes. So today's guest is Tremaine Wills. She is a graduate of Hampton University, the other HU, and a native to the Hampton Roads area. She is the owner of Mind Over Money. I'm not going to read her entire bio because... That kind of defeats the purpose of me putting it in the podcast notes. And I really would rather you guys sit back and listen to this conversation. So go ahead, get comfortable, take a couple of long, deep cleansing breaths and get ready for another conversation. How are you? I'm doing well. Excellent. Excellent. I'm so excited to talk to you. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited. Absolutely. I feel like every time, I mean, you know, initially I get excited just when I'm able to have that, you know, first discovery call, just kind of like hear someone's voice and kind of get their vibe. (laughs) And then the day of recording, I just get like really excited, like, okay, it's happening today. We're really going to, we're really going to dive into a conversation. So, um, I just want to say thank you again for being here. Thank you for carving out the time in your schedule and for working through whatever tech issues I was having with getting the the form to you and everything. So thank you for your flexibility with that. Totally cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we will, um, we are, we're going to get started. I'm just going to grab a sip of water. I realized that I need that. My mouth is a little dry today. So I always like to start every one of my podcasts with just a little bit of grounding meditation, just kind of get us fully in our bodies. So if you would just find a comfortable seat wherever you are and you can either let your eyes close or just bring your gaze downward and just take three deep breaths, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Just inviting your whole self into this moment into this experience, this opportunity. Offering some gratitude, maybe just one thing that comes to your mind or to your heart that you're feeling grateful for today. Just allowing that sensation of gratitude to fill up your heart and then resonate all throughout your body. one more deep breath in 
long breath out. And when you're ready, gently blinking open your eyes. And coming back into this moment, soaking in this bliss. Here we are. Welcome, 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 welcome. So we're going to dive right in. I'm going to give you just an opportunity to introduce yourself, tell us your name, where you're from, and what you stand for. Ooh, the last part is good. So my name's Tremaine Wills. Um, I am from Newport News, Virginia, and I stand for access. Mm, access. That's a good one. We're going to come back to that. So Newport, Newport News. So I spent a little bit of time in the Virginia area. I lived in Alexandria, right outside of DC for about two years. And I remember driving from Alexandria when we were preparing to come back to California and we drove south down towards Norfolk and we're there for like two weeks. And I remember Mm -hmm. seeing a place off the freeway called Newport News. So what can you tell me about, what are some things about Newport News that unless you live there, you you would have no idea? Oh, Newport News. So in, in the 757 area, Newport News is more affectionately named Bad News. Um, okay. It is a area that is a tell of two cities. You know, we have okay. some affluent, Parts, okay. Then we have some not so affluent parts where there is high crime and high poverty. And um, unfortunately, those parts of the area are what got us that name, bad news. And so, okay. Uh, but for me, it's home. Um, I love Newport News. Um, I've left and come back many times. And I think that there is some good to be shared here. There is good news and bad news. Um, but it's a place that has a lot of love. I think that sometimes when you hear so much bad about your hometown, mm-hmm. you kind of forget that there is love there. So that's good. I like that. Tomorrow. I like that. I like that. There's some good news and Newport news. I like that. You know, I think that's probably the case with, with anywhere, you know, I'm from Southern California and was born in Inglewood and, you know, when I say I'm from Inglewood, people are like, Inglewood? And they just think of, you know, <laughs> one particular <laughs> one particular part. And I, you know, had the opportunity to live in a lot of different places. And I got to spend some time in North Carolina when I was in college back in the day. And so what I loved about the South and the Southeast is it's so lush and so green and so beautiful in a way that we just don't see quite the same thing in in Southern California. So so I'm glad that, that there's some good news about Newport News. Now I, I have something fun that I can tell people that I wasn't able to tell them before. <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you for that. You mentioned that you stand for access. Will you tell me a little bit more about what that means and what that looks like for you? Yes. So um, I'm a financial planner and a lot of what drew me to this space was realizing that many people who look like me did not have access to the information about how to build wealth. And so um, it's something that I became incredibly passionate about, even though serving this lower income population isn't always the most lucrative, it is the most rewarding because being able to hear how, you know, teaching a 15 minute segment on improving your credit or how to set up automated savings, things like that has such a huge impact, you know, on the trajectory of people's lives. And so um, just that access to information is what drives and motivates me to keep going. And so I do help higher net worth clients, but you know, there's, always going to be another advisor who wouldn't mind taking them off my hands, but there's not always people who are willing to do the work to teach when there's not a dollar sign connected to it. So Mm -hmm. for me that, that access and 
understanding that planting that seed can have impact on generations to come is like that's it might not feel like a big deal but it's kind of a big deal mm-hmm. you know this is whole generations that can be impacted because somebody's cousin learned you know how to do something different so right I like that <clears throat> I I think one thing when I think about what our community really needs is access, access to resources, access to information, access to education. And I think that because for so long, the way this country was designed was to prevent us from having access to all of those things. So Mm -hmm. now we do have a bit of privilege in a sense because we have access to so much information and so much education, free education that's available to really help people deepen their understanding of money and wealth and finance and really Mm -hmm. starting to peel back some of the layers and maybe rewrite some of the stories or belief systems around money that I think that has never been done before, you know, not in the way that it's being done right now, especially Mm -hmm. coming from the mouth of a black woman, you know, coming from a woman from Newport News, Virginia, who's really stepping outside and saying, hey, people, there's a new way of looking at this. And like you said, there's no there's no shortage of, you know, high net worth clients who don't look like us necessarily, who will find advisors who don't look like us. And sometimes certain information is kept away from us, even still hidden in plain sight in, yep. a, in a really big way, you know? So when I first started looking into your Instagram and was kind of going down my own Instagram rabbit hole through all of your posts and everything, I was like, I cannot wait to talk to her because I know I have, you know, family and and friends and family friends who are in the financial industry, financial advisors and brokers and real estate brokers and lawyers and all these things. And their story didn't start in wealth. It's something they discovered later on. So could you tell me a little bit about your journey to where you are now from from where you started? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if I take it all the way back, my journey started from not having McDonald's money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up single parent household. Um, you know, we had food stamps. And to this day, I cannot stand that block of government cheese. But like... That's that's where my beginnings are. Very, very humble. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got tired of hearing no, you know, do you have money for that? And when I was 12, I learned how to braid hair. And I quickly realized, ooh, <laughs> I can make money from this and I can go buy what I want with my money. <laughs> so that's where this fascination with generating income came from. Mm-hmm. But I quickly learned that I was really good at making money, but I was not so great at turning that money into more money. Okay. And that was the missing piece. And I realized that so many of us in our community, we know how to make the ends meet. We'll go pick up a second job, third job, add a side hustle, you know, to, to bridge the gap. But when it comes to building wealth and making our dollars work for us, we don't have access to that information. Right. And when I was in college, I was like, okay, I have made lots of money braiding hair. I have made money doing all kinds of things because by nature, mm-hmm. I'm a hustler, yeah. right? I'm not going to be broke. Right. And I realized that there had to be an easier way to build wealth and to make money where it wasn't me changing, exchanging my time. Because mm-hmm. if you've ever gotten your hair done, and especially if it was like micro braids or something like that, this is an all day process, yeah. right? And that's all of your time gone. And I'm like, and then too, my hands, they, my knuckles crack now because mm-hmm. all labor. And I'm like, no, we have to find a different way. And so I got very, very interested in what it looked like to not have to work and still make money. Um, and that landed me with my position with PNC Investments. Mm-hmm. And straight out of college, they put me through some accelerator program. And I thought it was special at the time. But now I'm realizing they do this for many college graduates at all the financial industry. Okay. Um, 
financial institutions. And so um, I went through this program. I got a license for investments. They sat me in a retail branch. And my job was convince the people that they need to invest with us and not just bank with us. So my job, and that's not what the official job title was, but that's what the job was, Mm -hmm. um, to bring more assets to the bank. And I got really good at talking to people that did not look like me. Mm -hmm. Um, And through conversations with them, it was a lot of this stuff that I was hearing for the first time. Textbook wise, I knew the information, but mm-hmm. practicality, I didn't have that experience. And I'm right. like, wow. And it's not just one person mm-hmm. that's talking about this. It's many people that don't look like me. And I'm like, so y'all just had a whole club meeting and didn't invite anybody else to tell us how this works. Right. And yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So um, I stayed in my job two years. And I was like, you know what? I'm going home. I'm going home and I'm going to teach this information to my community and we're all going to be rich. And that's not what happened. I went home and I was hosting all these free events and nobody was showing up and I was upset. Mm. I was very, very angry because I have information and I'm like doing lunch and learn, uh, dinner, like buying dinner Mm -hmm. and providing food. So you have no excuse not to show up. There's food here. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right? You know, it's not a packed out place. And Initially, when that started, I was so resentful. I was, I was, I was angry with us. I'm like, why do we not want this information on how we can be better? And that's when I learned, like, it was. It's more than just not having the information. There's this emotional connection to not being wealthy, because our society has conditioned us to place self worth with net worth. And so when you don't have a lot of money, you don't want to talk about it. Right. You don't want anybody to be like, oh, hey, this is how you do this better because you you feel bad. Right. Right. I'm not going to admit I only have $26 in my bank account. I'm never going to admit that. Right. But that's the kind of conversations we need to have so we can show you how to make that 26, 26 million. Right. So, um, and that's what motivated me. Once I got over being angry, I was like, okay. This is not how to do it. Nobody wants to come to this class. Let me figure out why. And so it was uncovering, you know, this embarrassment Mm -hmm. that I don't know. And, you know, well, why don't I know? And why are people making me feel bad for not knowing? Um, And so my approach now has been much more about, hey, I know Mm -hmm. you don't. And that's okay because there was a time when I didn't know either. And so let's talk about this now and let's remove this emotional connection so that we can grow this in a healthy way, right? And not just make it, you know, I want a million dollars because the world says I need to have a million dollars. That's not why you need a million dollars. You need a million dollars for whatever you want to do for your family. Mm -hmm. You know, the change that you want to make, the resources there, and they don't have to worry about money. That's why you really want a million dollars, not because people say you need to be a millionaire. So long story short, (laughs) um, it went from, you know, me not having money to figuring out, okay, well, how can we change this? And how can I make sure it's not just me changing it for my family, but impacting other communities as well? Yeah, that's a great, that's such a great place to be because I think what, what often happens, probably not as often as we think, but what often happens is there's the, the one who made it, you know, in a certain family, there's the auntie so-and-so or the uncle so-and-so who has the house on the hill and the vacation home mm-hmm. overseas and they drive the nice car and they're the one who made it. And in some families, that person doesn't always reach back. They don't bring that knowledge and that information to the dinner table. They don't, you know, instill it in the youth. They don't tell their their siblings about it and they're just the one who made it. And I think what's great about... What you're doing is, like you said, you took the knowledge and information that you were given in this first stage of your career early on, right out of college, and took it right back home, took it right back to your community, took it right back to your people. Because if we don't take it back, even if it's not well received, they're most likely going to hear it from us. I'd rather them hear it from us. And they're most likely going to believe it if it's coming from us versus it coming from someone else. 
And I think that breaking through, like you said, some of those emotional barriers and really peeling back some of those layers around the stories that we have about money and the belief systems that we have about money. When I started studying, really studying a a spiritual relationship with money and understanding the spiritual, the spirituality of the wealth mindset, I had to go through my own deep dive and pull out some of my own, you know, stories like, so... I really don't like buying the the brown label, you know, cereal from the grocery store on the bottom shelf. I really want the one at the top shelf. I want the high price one. I don't like having to see the food stamp coupon book come out. I don't want to be the one asking what the price is on this or that. I just want to be the one who goes in and buys what I want to buy and pays what I can afford to pay and do it comfortably. I wanted to have that. And so same, growing up as a child, I'm the oldest of five. My parents have been together since they were 15 years old. And we went from being middle class to being low middle class to being low, low, low class in a short period of time. And I remember going to the grocery store with my mom and it was myself. And at the time, just two of my siblings were going through the checkout line and she pulls out that book. And when I saw that for the first time, I remember thinking, those are some really interesting looking checks that she has because I have not seen nobody's checkbook who looks quite like that before. And I remember the woman behind us kind of like sighing, Mm -hmm. you know, because she had to pull out the food stamps and do the thing, give them to the lady. And I remember asking her when we leave, what was that that you were paying for? Were those coupons? And she said, no, those are, those are food stamps. And I remember going to school and asking a friend, what is, what are food stamps? Why? And she's like, oh, you guys are poor. And this is my friend. She wasn't trying to be mean. She was just like, oh, you guys are poor. Like, I'm sorry. Here, have half of my sandwich because you guys must be struggling. And that was a moment where I knew, whoa, okay, there's something different happening here that wasn't happening or I didn't think it was happening for anybody else. And Mm -hmm. so once I got older... I started asking questions. I started asking my grandparents. I started asking my aunts and uncles, the ones who had the nice cars, who lived in the big house on the hill. What are you doing? I want to know what you're doing differently so I can learn how to start to get a better understanding of how this whole money thing works, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's really, I think it's really powerful that you're taking your knowledge and you're bringing it back. So can you talk to me a little bit about the, the spiritual connection to the wealth mindset and what that looks like for you? Oh, yes. (laughs) So, um, everything starts in your head. Everything is a thought. And for many of us, we are fighting in our thoughts. And so we struggle with this, this, this abundance that, you know, we're supposed to have. And so for me, money itself is just a tool. I actually have, I don't care about it. What I care about is the freedom that I've connected to the resource. And so that's how I try to frame you know, what it is to, to build a financial plan and to build wealth is that you're really just buying your freedom to not have to be tied to a location to show up for a job or to not have to trade time for money. It's really just giving you this resource that allows you to, instead of trading your time, use the resource to leverage and do whatever you want to do with it. Right. Um, and you know, for me, this, this, this shift, this type of shift didn't happen until, many years after I started this company, but um, that that understanding that we don't need to be connected to money, we don't need to stress about where the money is going to come from. You just have to have this mindset that it is possible to do the things I want to do and then start to become a problem solver and figure out the how. Right. That's essentially all this is. It's like, okay, I want to be able to retire at 35. Well, how much is that going to cost? Okay, how am I going to make that happen? At the end of the day, that's all this is. It's it's creating a roadmap using money as the vehicle to get there. It's not it's nothing more. The dollars in the bank account don't matter. And as soon as we can get over this, you know, wanting to have money just to have it, the faster it'll make it easier for you to step into this mindset. Agreed. 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 I think part of what deters people from even exploring financial planning, you know, is 
thinking or believing that it's going to be this really complicated, convoluted, I got to learn terminology, I got to start reading the Wall Street Journal, I got to download the stock app. And it's like, I mean, you can if you want to be a day trader. And you know, by all means, you, you can do all of those things. You don't have to, though. You don't have to. Like you said, you can partner with somebody like yourself or hire someone like yourself who can say, let me just help you map out your dreams, you know, and let's start to draw, you know, what that's going to look like and what that's going to take for you to get there. So what are some of the practices that you, if you were to give us maybe like two practices that people could implement today where they are right now that would help them get into that wealth mindset? What are some things that you think people could do right now? Yeah. The very first thing is figure out why. Mm. think, Society has conditioned us to want things because we don't have them. And that in itself is not a big enough motivator to go after anything. Because if wanting a million dollars was a big enough reason to become a millionaire, we just do it. (laughs) Right? But it's not a big enough motivator. There has to be this deeper reason that you connect with that allows you to persevere when things get tough. Anytime you're trying to change, it is a struggle because we are conditioned to be comfortable. We have this regular temperature that our body likes, right? And so that is our nature to find our comfort zone. And so if you're trying to change habits that you've had for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it is going to be challenging. And so you have to be deeply connected to whatever the reason why is that you want to do something differently. And so for many people, The reason why nothing changes is because the reason why they want to change is not powerful enough Mm. for anything, finances, health, fitness, whatever the case might be, right? We see people start and quit goals all the time. Only 8% of people finish their new year's resolutions because 92% of people don't have strong enough reasons why they just do it because it's the new year. That's not a good enough reason to change. You're going to, it's cold outside. (laughs) You're not going to get up and keep doing what you said you're going to do because you really didn't have a strong enough force to keep you motivated. So for anybody who is trying to do something different, if, if it's with your money, there there has to be a powerful reason why you have you want to do you have to do something different. Mm-hmm. It has to be so strong that it breaks whatever co- routines that you're currently in. We have developed some practices that tend to be harmful, you know, that the everything is set up for us to buy. We got all these beautiful commercials. We have the impulse buying. We go to check out at the store, the bright packaging. It just catches your eyes and it makes you like, oh, what's that? Right. And so if you are not disciplined enough to identify that these things are here to deter you from whatever your goal is, you're going to succumb to it every time. Hmm. So that reason why is more powerful than any plan you create. It's more powerful than any podcast you listen to than any course you might take because we can consume a lot of information but if we don't have a strong enough reason to act and to change none of that matters because you'll just hear it and it'll go out the door again so the first thing would be get connected very very deeply with the reason why you must do something different and the next thing is you got to have an action plan if you don't know where you're going you'll be staying still and so writing it down and really clearly defining what the steps are makes life so much easier. Then there's no guesswork. You don't have to say, oh, well, I think I should do this. No, the next step is this. The first step was automate your savings. The next step was get $1,000 in that account. The next step is, okay, invest some money into an index fund. The next step is, right? So then there's no confusion. I do this. All right, that's done. What's next? I do this. You don't have to guess. And so when you eliminate that guesswork, it makes it easy. Now it's just a matter of you executing what the plan says. And if you don't execute, that's your fault. Right. There's nobody to. And so when we don't have that plan in place, we can say, oh, well, I didn't know what to do. But if you have something clear in front of you that says what to do, that creates the accountability and there's no reason for you not to do it. So we won't even create the plan because then we eliminate the excuse that we have. So if I had to give two things, the first would be get deeply connected with the reason why. And the next would be to get a plan, something very, very clear that you know what to follow. That's good. That's good stuff because, excuse me, I think what happens is 
people don't really connect with their why. Like you said, a lot of times when people think about their finances, it's typically when they don't have much. Something is lacking. Something has recently been lost. You know, in 2020, obviously with COVID, a lot of people lost wages, they lost jobs, they lost homes, they lost lives. You know, a lot of things were lost. And I recognize even within some of my clients, which are mostly, you know, startups and small business owners in this wellness industry, they didn't have a backup plan. They weren't saving intentionally. They weren't investing their earnings, you know, as a coach. And this is another reason I wanted to talk to you, because as a coach, I help people develop strategies to increase their earnings within their business. We come up with marketing plans and systems and all these things. Now, what they do with their money once they have it. I'm like, well, what you should do is hire a financial advisor. Now I have someone I can refer you to who's an actual person that I trust and I've had a chance to talk to because I recognize that as small business owners, a lot of times we start off independent, you know, solopreneurs as we call them. We don't have a team. We don't have an accountant. We don't have a bookkeeper. We don't even have a payroll department. We're doing everything ourselves. And so sometimes what happens is as those earnings start coming in, we're just shoving them into our regular checking account, maybe putting them into our little you know, $25 a month savings account. And there's nothing wrong with $25 a month. If that's all you got, that's all you got. You got to start somewhere. But we don't start to look at our earnings until the IRS comes a knocking. You know what I mean? <laughs> or the franchise tax board or, you know, whatever state you live in. You know who I'm talking about when them people start coming and saying, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> ma'am, sir. Uh, it appears as though you have uh, you made a little money here, you know, so people don't think about that big picture. And like you said, I think that also goes back to their why. Why am I starting this business? How much do I really anticipate on earning? Is this just a hobby? Is it just a side hustle? Even if it's both or is this an actual profitable business that I'm building? What am I going to do when all this money starts rolling in? Because if you don't have a plan, like you said, then when the tax man comes, they don't ask no questions. They don't wait for uh, to be invited in. They just come in and they take what they take and they don't they don't leave no thank you notes or anything after they leave. And so I think it's really important for people to know that financial planning is not just for businesses. It's also for the individual. You know, it's for the person who's an employee who, you know, my family works in education. My parents have been in education for over 25 years. You know, maybe they have their pension. They have their 401k. They might have some life insurance policies. But are they really leveraging their finances to do as much as it possibly can? Like you said, are they are they really letting their money work for them the way that it's mm -hmm. meant to, you know? And so I think really helping people understand that identifying your why why do I want money at all? You know, aside from the, the basics, you know, food, shelter, clothing, and that kind of thing. Why do I want an abundance of money? Like you said, why mm -hmm. do I want a million dollars? What's my plan once I get it? What am I going to do with it? How am I going to sustain it? How am I going to build it? And mm -hmm. being able to sit down and really flesh out what all that looks like is important. And like you said, once you have the plan in place, it's like a map. If I draw you a map from Long Beach to Las Vegas and you choose not to follow it and you end up in Kansas, that's not my problem. I laid it out. This is right here. All you got to do is follow point A, point B, point C, point D. So I, I like that. And thank you for sharing that because I think that helping people understand that financial planning and wealth building can be a very simple process. You know, it does require discipline. It does require commitment. Like you said, saying no to all the shiny things. I mean, I haven't been in a store in a long time, but I know shiny stuff shows up on my Instagram feed all the time. <laughs> you know, there was a, a real or something like a TikTok video. There was like a woman and she's opening up her, her computer and it's like, Amazon. yeah, <laughs> and she's like, nothing. You don't need anything else. Put it back. I was like, I feel attacked. I think that's me. So developing those habits are really important. So if you would talk to me a little bit about some, some money habits, you know, that you picked up along the way that have really been working for you. Oh yes. Okay. So budget. Okay. The B word is your best friend. You need a budget. 
So many people either when they hear budget, they think, oh, I don't make enough money. I don't need a budget. Or they hear budget equals broke. And I can tell you as someone who used to look over the budgets at NASA, if NASA has a budget, you need a budget. Your budget might have less zeros at the end, but it is just a roadmap to help you out. And so for me, the biggest thing was understanding what was coming in and what was going out. Another layer to that is understanding the flow of the money, when it was coming in and when it was going out. I think that's another problem that we have too, um, is that we have this, typically we have this bi-weekly pay or this first and 15th pay, but there are parts of the month where we have large chunks of money leaving and we're not quite certain when our cash flow is gonna be coming in. And so then you have this Rob Peter to pay Paul situation. And so if I could give you any advice, I would encourage you to identify the cash flow in your personal life, just like you would in a business, right? Mm -hmm. When is the money coming in? When is it going out? Are there points in time where you have a huge outflow of cash? Typically this happens around the first through the fifth for most people. If you're renting and you have, you know, utility bills that all come out at the beginning of the month, but maybe the check that comes before that doesn't quite cover all those bills. This is where you have to really have an understanding of how your finances run. Mm -hmm. And so getting, peeling back the layers, mm -hmm. like getting really deep into it so that you know what's going on and you can properly plan. Many of us don't take the initiative to call our um, utility companies or mm -hmm. to call, you know, the telephone company or to call, you know, whoever we have bills with and say, hey, can I move this payment date to a time of the month where I don't have $2,000 coming out of my account all at once? And so just being able to understand the, you can call, have a conversation um, to move some things around. And so for me, when I was getting started, that was major for me because not making a lot of money right. <laughs> and trying to pay a whole bunch of bills all at once is stressful. Right. And so um, getting that budget in place and understanding the cash flow of how my money was coming in and out was critical. The next thing would be having the proper belief. We have to actually believe that we can build wealth. Right. I think for a lot of us, it sounds like a really good idea, but we don't think it can be us. Like. Oh, that's cool. I, I read about how, you know, somebody making minimum wage was able to save a little money from every check and now, you know, pension millionaire or 401k millionaire. That sounds cool, but probably not going to happen to me. And that mindset is what deters us from being able to actually persevere. Everything starts in your head. Every single thing starts in your head. And so you have to start reprogramming your brain and speaking affirmations and visualizing yourself where you want to be so that you can get there. You got to see it before you see it, right? right? We have to, we have to experience this <laughs> in here before it comes to fruition. And so a lot of this is just about the discipline. It's about financial security. Like there's a level of peace mm -hmm. when you are not stressed about your finances. Yeah. And if there was anything bigger than a why or the second thing to have your why is reaching that level of financial security, like this piece where you're not stressed. Yeah. Financial stress is one of the leading stressors yeah. in America. So many people just don't have a thousand dollars saved and it sounds like it should be easy, yeah. but again, if it were, many more of us would be doing it. And if, you know, maybe you can't connect to a huge why right now, maybe the place to start is I don't want to be stressed. Right. It's I just want to feel comfortable, you know, if I lose my job, it's okay. Right. I have money in my savings account. You know, if I need to get a new tire, it's okay. Right. There's money there for that. And there's this level of just, you get to, you can breathe. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> because, you know, there's not another weight. So if if I really had to push for something to just press for right now, mm -hmm. if you connect to your why, connect to just getting this peace because it's you're in a position where you're okay. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think for some, like you said, the the big picture why might not be really clear right away. And the only thing that they can reach for is, I just want to feel peace. I just want to feel comfortable. I just want to feel okay. You know, when I go to sleep at the end of the night, when I put my kids to bed, I just want to feel okay. You know, mm-hmm. and, and for some the the dream isn't necessarily you know oprah level you know wealth maybe that's not the dream for everybody you know but i think everybody wants and deserves a sense of peace a peace of mind mm-hmm. a peace in your body like you said that sense of confidence that sense of knowing that whatever i need i have i can provide i can take care of i can do that with ease with efficiency. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry. I think that is one thing that most people can relate to, you know, universally, most people can relate to that. So I think that's good. And budget, girl, I love a budget. (laughs) I mean, I was a single parent, you know, for a, a good amount of my son's childhood. And budget was our best friend. That's the way that we were able to have the the movie dates and be able to go to Disneyland and be able to also make sure everything was taken care of is because we had to follow a budget, you know. Uh-huh. And now my son is 19 and a sophomore in college and he had his first experience where he went to the grocery store to do some shopping after they came back from Christmas break. And he said, Mom, um, has your card ever been declined at the grocery store? And I said, yeah. And I said, yeah. And he said, but I have money in my account. And I said, yeah, but remember you called Wells Fargo and said you wanted to put a spending limit on your account so that you could stay on budget. And so this particular time he had gone over his normal spending for the day. And I said, look, it's your budget working for you. It's your past self taking care of your future self. It's okay. Call him and let him know that it's you and you'll be fine. And he did, but he was just having one of those moments where he was like, okay, so that really works. And I said, yeah, if you tell them not to let you spend more money than you want to spend, it won't happen. So having a budget is very powerful and it's also really for me it serves as a a tool of accountability as well Mm -hmm. so that when those shiny things pop up i know oh that's not in the budget or it's not in the the financial plan you can call it whatever you want call it a budget a financial plan you can call it a wealth plan if the word budget doesn't vibe with you find something else just stick to it whatever it is so that you can get to your next level so Time for a break, time for a breather. One thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives, throughout our day, is to breathe. So I invite you right now to allow three deep, intentional breaths to enter and exit your body. And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We're going to switch gears a little bit as we move into this second little flow of our of our conversation. And this is something that I, I like to do with every one of my podcast guests, which is to play a little complete the sentence game and what I what I love about this is it's an opportunity for us to just get a little bit get to know a little bit more about you the person you know you've shared so much with us about you the professional and the services that you provide and the education you provide which I think is so valuable and I want to give listeners a chance to just get to know a little bit more about you so yeah. the the first one is I am happiest when oh I am happiest when I first wake up. I am a ball of energy. <laughs> um, I, it's like a new day. It's a new start. It is a, another opportunity to be great. Um, I do my best thinking in the morning. I have a bedtime. I, I believe in sleep. Right. I'm not the night owl, but I am the person in the morning. I am ready to talk. I am ready to 
hype you up. I am ready to give praise. I The mornings excite me. I am my best when, I, when it's the morning time. So right after waking up, um, that's when I'm happy. I love that. I love that. How about I know I'm fed up when? Ooh, when I start crying. <laughs> oh, boy. Listen. When I start crying and it's the silent tears, like I ain't making a noise. And if my legs start shaking, mm. you know that blood shake, like mm-hmm. I'm, I don't fight anymore. But in the past life, if I was silent crying and my leg was shaking, you might want to leave because I am angry. And as a, a shorter person <laughs> who feels like they have something to prove, um, I was spicy. So yeah but yeah now now there won't be a fight i have too much to lose yeah but the t- the silent tears and the leg shake baby i hear you <clears throat> stand back y'all stand back i'm gonna i'm gonna need five minutes maybe 45 just give me oh give i'm gonna need, i'm gonna need, i'm gonna oh we gonna wow <laughs> have to wait till i go to the gym there wait we go I, <laughs> I gotta get this out i hear you i hear you <clears throat> how about I know I've made an impact when. Oh, when I get a text message or a DM or some sort of communication with like how something has helped. It is like my favorite thing ever. Um, Yes, It, it, it always comes at the perfect time, right? Because something will go crazy and you know especially as a business owner you get in these modes where you're like ah why did i do this right and then i get that message and it's like oh my gosh you know my credit score went up 50 points or oh my goodness i've paid off a credit card and i've never seen a zero balance on this or oh my gosh my investment account is over fifty thousand dollars it's never been this high like those things are like okay all right, I will try this another day. I will keep going. You got one more day of me trying to work on this thing. And it just gives you that fuel to keep going. Yeah. So when I, when I get the feedback, it's amazing, right? And of course, you don't expect people to reach out as often as they do to say, you know, this was so helpful. But like when it comes, oh, man, and it's, it's oh, divine time, too. It's just it's right on time. That's good stuff. Yeah, right when you're like, I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm yeah, over I this. I quit. Yes. I'm done. I'm closing up. My leg is shaking. I got silent tears. I'm done with this. And then you can, <laughs> then you get the message and you're like, okay, Lord. All right. So so what you're saying is I need to keep doing this. Okay, got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hear you. I hear you. How about I want to be known for my Oh. Uh, I want to be known for the impact I've had on the world. I feel like I've been thinking about legacy as long as I knew what it was. Um, I just want to leave this earth empty of everything. Like there's nothing left in my brain. You, every, you know it. Like I don't want to have anything left in me. And so... I want to be known for giving and not withholding information and just, if I have it, you have it. Yeah. I love that. I want to leave empty. That's beautiful. And the last one is I showed myself love today by. Oh. Mm. I drink a lot of water today. I worked out today. Um, I prayed today. I journaled today. I put on real clothes today. Hey, hey, real clothes. Hey, that's, um, I have been very kind to myself today. Um, which has not always been easy. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to be very, very intentional about, making sure that I take care of myself, right? We can be very, very mean to ourselves and not take care of ourselves. And I am trying to be very purposeful about what I do to myself so that none of that negativity is bouncing back on somebody else because 
can't be good to yourself. How can you be good to anybody else? So. Right, right. That's good. That's good stuff. Thank you. Thank you for that. Those are good. Those are good. So the last thing I like to do before I release you into the rest of your day is um, I'm working with this Oracle deck of cards. It's called the Oracle of E. It's super cute. It's very lighthearted. And there's little messages that go with each card. And it's a deck of exactly 52 cards. So I just want you to select a number between 1 and 52. Oh, seven. Seven. All right. <laughs> okay. So let me put these guys over there. So the message for number seven is leaping in love. Leaping in love. And there's a little guidebook that gives us a little more insight. So <clears throat> leaping in love. Romeo and Juliet, they've got nothing on you. It's romance time. <laughs> whether it's a new partner or falling more deeply in love with your own rock star life. Become besotted with your dream. Act as if it has already happened. Everything, as they say, is coming up roses, only this time without the thorns. Yes! Uh, love myself even more. Yes, I'm here for it. I receive. Yes, 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 yes. Well, this has been a delight. Thank you so much for your time, for your insight, for your wisdom. Thank you for saying yes to a total stranger and for just bringing oh, your now. whole stuff. We friends now. I mean, I'm about to, I'm, you're going to be getting some referrals from me, FYI, because <laughs> that one intention I've set as a coach this year is, you know, not only to to guide my clients into creating more, you know, wealth within their business for them to really understand what the next steps are and, Financial planning is something that I know about as a client, as a planner. However, I'm also a fan of expansion and placing people in, in the presence of others who have mastered certain things. So mm -hmm. I appreciate you for, for just bringing your whole self to the conversation and for just being present and for being so open and vulnerable. I just want to affirm you in the work that you're doing and and let you know that you are changing the legacy for all those who come after you that you are standing on the shoulders of ancestors who have laid ground for you and i just encourage you to keep doing the work keep spreading this knowledge keep creating this access for our people and you will continue to be blessed abundantly overflowing all days and always yes thank you Keisha. i receive i receive Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Tremaine. Have a fantastic day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Peace. <laughs> it's time to wrap this up. And I just want to say very sincerely, thank you. You have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day. And I appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them. Right now, in this moment, I see the light, I see the love, the wisdom, the beauty, the prosperity, the creativity, and the pure joy that shines within each of you, and I bow humbly before your divinity. Namaste.